You're listening to the Propane Fitness Podcast, your ultimate resource for fat loss and muscle gain with none of the gimmicks. With your hosts, Yusuf and Johnny. Simple rules, dramatic results. Welcome to another episode of the Propane Fitness Podcast. So you have the pleasure of just me again today. Yusuf is on holiday sunning himself. It's okay for some people. And he's not here to uh, keep me in check. So I'm going to use this as an opportunity to talk about things that have been affecting me recently. So I did actually ask in the Facebook group, um, which is simple fat loss and muscle gain with propane fitness for a topic for this week. Unfortunately, the one that has come up is a pretty vast topic. And that is why do different people respond to different macronutrient ratios rather than me skimming over the areas of that in 15 to 20 minutes. I'm going to leave that until when Yusuf is back and we're recording together and we'll discuss the various aspects of that because it's pretty far reaching. There's obviously biological, physiological reasons all the way through to, you know, psychological habits, etc. And I think it'd be good to really dig into that topic in a longer podcast. Before I get into today's topics, just a quick reminder. If you aren't already aware, we are now posting articles on a weekly basis for these podcasts that contain essentially timestamps. So if you just want to go back and listen to a certain part again, and also show notes that contain links to anything that we discuss, any resources that we mention, and anything that you might want to look at for further reading. So if you're driving, walking, or doing something else weird, that means that you can't take notes or write down something that matters to you, then we are basically doing that for you. In addition, to get first notifications of when these podcasts are released, you can sign up to our email list by downloading our free ebook, which is 22 Simple Rules for Dramatic Results. That's available on the main website, big orange bar spreading across the top. So if you go to propanefitness.com, put your email address in and we'll be sure to let you know when there's new articles, new podcasts, and also some hopefully interesting value-adding content on a weekly basis. So... Today's topic that I want to discuss is self-management. Simply taking the information, advice, rules that you either set for yourself or you're set by a coach if you have one and actually implementing it, taking action, doing what you need to do to progress. And this is something that I've written about in a couple of emails recently and online on the Facebook group. And it's simply something that's been affecting me of late you know obviously I coach and manage many people's diet and training at any one time but often that doesn't always mean that you're pristine and perfect when it comes to these things yourself with a recent 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 even career change moving into being my own boss well obviously Yusuf is also my boss but now working in propane fitness full-time and having left a corporate job very recently I've learned how important it is to create systems and ways of managing yourself when there's not constraints already in place. So if you're listening to this and thinking, oh, this only applies to entrepreneurs or people who run their own business, that's not the case at all. It's stuff that um, definitely affected me while I was working full-time in a, in, a, in a large corporate organization and stuff that I've basically developed over three or four years to help me still prioritize the things that matter, 
even when there's an endless list of things that I could be doing instead. And while things have become a bit more difficult because there's no one necessarily telling me to stop work or no one necessarily no one necessarily telling me to be at work at a certain time, it's still the same principles applied in a slightly different way. And I just want to go over basically why I think self-management is such an issue and why we tend to self-rationalize and talk ourselves out of doing the things that are important. And then some pretty simple rules, of course, of how you might go about improving or um, preventing these from being issues. So why is it an issue? Why do why do people struggle to self-manage? Well, simply, and you'll have experienced this before, we all have a tendency to talk ourselves out of things or we, we self-rationalize. So we have the best intentions when it comes to planning, but when it comes to actually taking the decision, when it comes to maybe waking up early to go to the gym before work, for example, we have certainly a knack of coming up with reasons as to why that's maybe not the best idea. Why does that happen? Well, there's obviously lots of reasons, but the two main ones come down to the idea that generally people struggle to place appropriate value on future and present. And this in behavioral economics is called hyperbolic discounted utility. So basically right now I may be able to see the value of training consistently, of hitting my macros consistently, of getting enough sleep, of drinking enough water, you name it. Anything that has a positive reaction or positive effect rather in the future, I can clearly see the value of that. There's nothing immediately getting in the way of that thinking. And right now, I'd be able to say that if somebody proposed something to me that maybe <clears throat> involved me not doing those things, so um, a massive a massive blowout with loads of alcohol and pizza that means that I overshot my calories massively, I would be able to say, well, maybe that's not the best thing for me to do right now. Maybe that's something that I could say no to and instead focus on what matters. When the actual situation arises, what tends to happen instead is we value the present more than we value the future. So I see it as, well, I'd re I really want to do this thing. I really want to go on a night out or eat loads of pizza. And I value that greater than I value the, the effect on the future, simply because I don't have a way of appropriately valuing the future effect. In addition, if I was to skip the night out, it would have an immediate impact on me. I'd immediately feel like I was missing out. I would immediately feel like I'd foregone a fun opportunity. However, if I go and enjoy myself, that's an immediate, that's immediate gratification. I don't get that necessarily from hitting the gym four times a week, hitting my macros, etc. I maybe there's maybe an, an intrinsic sense of reward, but I don't immediately notice a change in my physical performance. That's a, that's delayed gratification. So we have difficulty in valuing future and present actions or future and present consequences. And because of that, when things come up that provide immediate gratification or immediate satisfaction that maybe aren't linearly aligned with what we want to achieve in the future, we have a tendency and a habit to giving in to the immediate pleasure. Prime example of that would be staying in bed for an extra 30 minutes or an hour rather than going through the pain, waking up early and trading before work it's pretty easy to see there that training before work and ensuring you get your training in is very positively aligned with your future goal. But staying in bed and having the immediate gratification 
is a much easier decision to make. And when it comes to it, when your willpower is at its lowest, we have it. We all have a tendency to give in to the immediate gratification, the easier result. In addition, a second reason why this tends to happen, why we self-rationalize, is the relative values associated with not doing something and doing something. So if something's difficult or if something is uncertain, unpleasant, we don't want to do it, we tend not to take action until the cost of not doing that thing, that action, exceeds the cost of doing it. And that may sound complicated, but it's simply, again, using using macro tracking or calorie tracking as an example, the cost of, say, overeating on a given day is right now, today, not that high, but the benefit associated with that is pretty huge. You get to indulge in whatever you enjoy. If you say do that for a string of days or you do that frequently, then the cost of not doing the thing, the cost of not sticking to your macros, the cost of not overeating starts to increase. So the cost of overeating on a given day, pretty low, associated benefit, pretty high. That starts to be more consistent and more frequent. Suddenly, the cost of not sticking to your macros is starting to increase for you because you're seeing the scales go up. You're seeing that you're moving away from your intended goal. You're seeing that you're gaining a bit of weight in the mirror. And when that happens, it tends to stick us into, into action and we tend to move towards the things that we are supposed to do, at least temporarily. Of course, when it actually comes to making the decision, again, getting out of bed in the morning to train, the cost of not doing that is pretty low at the time. And only when we start skipping sessions all the time and moving away from our goal, two, maybe three months down the line, do we actually think, oh, right, I need to make a change now. But none of this really helps you when it comes to actually doing something. You know, tomorrow morning or tonight, you need to do something that's in line with your goal these things are going to get in the way. These thought biases are going to get in the way. So how do we go about maybe managing them slightly? So here I have four tips that have really helped me in the in the past, especially month or two with managing myself and also things that I've, I integrate with my client plans that seem to work very well in the real world. So number one is creating positive constraints. In other words, making it harder for you to put something off or move something around in your schedule. So let's say you plan to train this evening and let's say you also get an invitation to um, go on a night out, for example, that maybe contradicts your goal. So something that you could do to increase the social pain of cancelling the gym session or cancelling the commitment would be to create um, a barrier, create barriers around that. So arrange to meet someone at the gym or arrange to do something after that means you need to be at the gym first. So that's it. That's one example. So creating social pain or the, the pain of not doing it, increasing that by meeting somebody there and then the associated pain with having to ring them up, cancel, say, actually, you know what? I'm giving in. I'm going to go and get drunk instead. Or you could, you could flip, you could flip that round. So let's say you train four days a week on the other three evenings or on the other three mornings, make plans, make rigid plans with other people, with groups of people that you can't move around. And that means when it comes to say a Monday night or Wednesday night, when you plan to train, you can't move the session. So the cost of canceling it doesn't then become, I'll move it to tomorrow. Like what most of us tell ourselves, it becomes, this is going to mean not getting this session in this week. 
which for most people increases the cost enough to then just actually end up going to the gym anyway. And then also consider just not viewing it as um, a general vague idea. So not saying, oh, I'm going to train four times this week or I'm going to try and track my macros as much as I can, but make a, a strict commitment to yourself. So say every Monday, Wednesday, Friday and Saturday, I'm going to train no matter what. And, you know, something massive is going to have to come up for me to cancel those sessions. And even just approaching it, framing it in that way, making it a self-commitment and promising yourself is going to increase the pain of cancelling it. You'll feel like it's more of a failure if you cancel your devoted training day rather than, oh, I can just move these around in the week and they may end up just never getting done. So that's create, create some positive constraints around your time. Make it difficult to reschedule, make it difficult to cancel either socially, so having to cancel with other people, or with yourself. So making that you don't train on Tuesdays, that's, that's a rest day. You have to train on a Monday or a Wednesday, for example. Next thing, break down the initial barrier. So when it comes to, again, another example, um, fitting in a long, difficult training session on a Saturday morning. So instead, you may want to go out for, for a big breakfast or do something difficult, do something difficult, do something easy, um, rather than do something difficult, which is go and squat, deadlift and bench press for two hours, if that's what, what, was, what your plan was to call for. Break down the initial barrier to that. So when you're lying in bed Saturday morning, you've had a nice lie-in, you know you need to go and do this long session. Rather than framing it in that way, think, how can I just do the minimum? So rather than me canceling the session or trying to reschedule it, how about I just go and I'll just do squat or I'll just do my first exercise. Or even if you're really not feeling up to it, I'll just go and do some stretching and some light cardio. I'll just get to the gym, do 20 minutes and come home. Often, breaking down that initial psychological barrier just so that you get to where you need to be or you start what you need to start is enough to create the momentum to allow you to actually complete the task as intended. So when I've used that, that tactic in the past, I'll say, right, I'm far too sore today to hit my front squats. Instead, I'm just going to go and work on opening my hips. I'll do some, some light cardio. And I've often ended up just doing the session anyway, unless I genuinely don't feel up to it. Like unless my recovery just isn't there for that day. In which case that's a problem with programming and maybe a problem with my recovery that I need to address. But at least I did what I could. At least the reason that I canceled the session wasn't just, I can't be asked. It was, I made a rational decision while I was in the gym. And it was because the prospect of front squats just wasn't sitting well with my hip flexors today. And then applying this to nutrition, rather than saying, all right, I need to plan my week's diet around some social stuff this week. Think of it as just, I'll just plan one day or I'll just plan one meal per day. So I'll make sure that my breakfast is consistent. I'll make sure that I maybe hit all of my micronutrition in my first meal of the day, for example. It just creates a, an easier, more accessible task than this the idea of this big, massive project that we need to to commit to, to completing. So break down the initial barrier that you will emotionally experience towards doing something that's difficult. And when these thoughts, these self-rationalizing thoughts come into your head of, I can't do that, it's too difficult, I'll do it tomorrow. Instead, try to counter that with, right, I'll just do the first thing or I'll just do one thing instead. And often that creates the momentum to push you forward.
Third thing is be more intentional with your time. So recently, one of my clients actually um, tipped me off onto something called the Best Self Journal, which is a pretty cool idea. It's essentially taking a few concepts from various different authors and um, self-help books and condensing it into just a journal that you fill in every day. So one of the aspects of that journal fits in quite nicely with something that I've um, read in the past by from a guy called Carl Newport. And that comes down to planning your day in advance. So a lot of us will avoid skipping training or avoid making time to prep meals or avoid going to sleep on time because we have big sinks of time in our day. So there's, you know, time where we're meant to be doing something or maybe we're having a break or sat in front of the TV and we're not being necessarily intentional with how we're spending our time. By this, I don't mean that every single moment of your day needs to be made into one big ritual and routine, but by planning your day in advance, setting out what you're actually going to do every hour, every 30 minutes, and just having a template, even if you don't stick to it, but having an intentional template to follow really helps you make time for things that matter. So for example, if you know today is a Wednesday because you've set Wednesday as a commitment to yourself to train and you're not planning that in your day, you're not taking time to make sure that happens, it's easy for other stuff to just fill that gap. So you may be familiar with the idea of Parkinson's law, which is that a task fills to a task fills the time that is set to it. So in other words, if I try and reply to some emails in 30 minutes versus if I just try to reply to some emails, I may be able to do it in the 30 minutes, but if I don't set that time constraint, it may take me an hour and a half. And by sitting at the start of every day, planning my day and thinking, what do I need to do today? How long is that going to take me? And then ensuring that I have two hours or three hours or however long you spend in the gym to get my training done. It means that firstly, I likely get the same amount of work or other commitments done because I've compressed that time and made it put put a deadline on it rather than let it fill my day. It also means that when it comes to the time to actually train, I'm a lot more likely to shut my laptop and go and actually do what I need to do. And it's the same with, with eating. You know, if you're trying to eat a certain lunch, certain breakfast, trying to hit your macros, make time to plan that. Make time, give yourself 30, 30 minutes or longer at lunch to go and prepare something or track something that will actually be aligned with your goal rather than rushing something and then trying to make up for it later or skipping a session and trying to make up for it later. So this is another way of breaking the breaking down the excuses that you'll likely give yourself. And one of those is, I just don't have time. So making time, intentionally planning your day so you know how your time is being spent is an easy way to just ensure that the self-rationalization doesn't get away, doesn't get its own way rather, doesn't even have a chance to take hold. The last thing is to consider a little bit deeper why these things are happening to you. So if you're the sort of person who has the intention on a Monday morning to complete a certain set of habits, to train a certain amount of times, and that ends up not happening at the end of the week, Try the four why analysis on that. So ask yourself, think of, think of a statement. So um, I didn't train four times last week. 
why? Oh, well, I meant the train on Thursday night, but I couldn't because something else popped up. Why? And continue with that analysis. And generally, at least in my experience, it comes down to a few, one or two things that are fairly consistent across the board. So for me, something that always throws a spanner in the works is because I don't place um, strict priorities for my work during the day and things that a list of things that if I just know I do these five things, I can finish for the day. It means that my day is longer than planned, which means that things get pushed back, which means that I get either I miss things or I go to bed later than planned, which means I'm tired, which means it affects my willpower. And it ha- these such a simple thing. So setting, setting a list of five priorities for me to complete each day could actually mean that I'm more consistent with my diet, training, sleep, habits, whatever. And you would never get to that conclusion without really digging a little deeper and considering what is the actual reason that these things are happening? What's the actual reason that you're putting stuff off or not doing what you said you do? Okay, so those are my four tips. Bit of a different podcast today and hope it's uh, stayed relevant enough for you. It is certainly a lot more difficult than you may think to just talk for however long this podcast has been about about a topic it's quite easy to get sidetracked so hopefully you like this hopefully it added some value and Yusuf and I will be back next week with discussing the question that you asked which is why do different people respond to different macronutrient ratios okay that's everything from the propane fitness podcast episode 36 we will speak to you next time